You are Locked On Clemson, your daily podcast on the Clemson Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Tiger Nation, welcome to the Locked On Clemson Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That's right. Five days a week, a glance into Clemson Athletics, and right now, the main topic continues to be Dabo Sweeney and the Clemson Tigers, who are ready to roll into Atlanta for a game against the Ramblin' Wreck of Georgia Tech. Going to break that game down today throughout this episode, take a look at three key questions in this matchup, one a little surprising about the Georgia Tech offense, another about a key defensive player, and then turnovers, what kind of role it's going to play in this week's game between the Tigers and the Yellow Jackets. Also, three players to watch coming up as well. Travis Etienne, you got to watch him every week, but in particular this week, there's some big things, some milestones he's approaching. I'll let you know about those coming up shortly. Also, going to wrap things up with what's on the line for Clemson. What exactly uh, do they get out of this game? what they look like moving forward, coming out of this game, and then a prediction on how things are going to play out down at Bobby Dodd Stadium. I'm your host, Brad Sinkoff. That's spelled S-E-N-K-I-W. Follow me on Twitter, at Brad Sinkoff. And please, let everybody know. Let your friends, your family, get them tuned in to the Locked On Clemson podcast. I write as well. You can check out my work at allclemson.com, where I'm a deputy editor for one of the Sports Illustrated Network sites. Also, I am the co-host of the Press Box on 105.5 The Roar, the flagship station of Clemson Athletics. No time to waste on a busy Friday previewing tomorrow's game noon down at Bobby Dodd Stadium in Atlanta where this is a place the Tigers have had their issues in the past, a house of horrors of sorts. That's not been the case in recent seasons and I don't think that's going to be the case this week. In fact, Taking a look at this game with three key questions going into it. The first one, could Georgia Tech's offense be a bigger challenge than Miami's was? Think about this. Miami came into this game the top scoring team in the ACC. They walked out of Death Valley last week with 17 points. Just 210 total yards, 132 coming from their starters. Just 121 passing yards. Did not really do anything, averaging just 3.9 yards per play. So why could Georgia Tech possibly be harder to deal with in Miami? Look, I don't think it's completely out of the realm of possibility. When you look at what's going on offensively for the Yellow Jackets right now, you look at two players, quarterback Jeff Sims and running back Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs is the real deal. If you haven't had a chance to watch him yet this season, I think you're really going to enjoy what he brings to the table. From that running back standpoint, he's 5'11", 200 pounds, and really uh, a a tremendous get for Georgia Tech when they got him out of Dalton, Georgia. I remember when he committed, and it was such a big deal. I'd seen some of the highlight tape on I thought, gosh, this guy just runs so strong, so violently with the ball in his hands. And Brent Venables, just like Davo Swinney, will throw out some pretty wild comparisons at times. We did hear Coach Swinney compare Virginia quarterback Brendan Armstrong to Steve Young earlier this year. Well, this guy, Jamar Gibbs, reminds Venables of Marshawn Lynch. Now, Lynch obviously was one of the, the most violent runners in the NFL 
for a long time when he did it with the Seahawks and the Patriots and some others. But uh, that's a pretty lofty comparison. But you know what? Gibbs can run. And for people who are maybe kind of laughing at that, yeah, I think he's probably not quite to that level. And I don't think Venables meant that. But he just sees that in him. And make sure you watch this guy coming up on Saturday. Five yards per carry this season. He has two touchdowns rushing, three touchdowns receiving. He is a threat out of the backfield to catch some passes. 232 rushing yards on the season, getting 15 carries per contest and averaging a little over 77 yards per game. He's going to factor into this. The thing is, nobody runs the ball against Clemson. I say it every single week, and I'm going to say it again. Nobody runs the ball against Clemson. So it's going to be tough for Jameer Gibbs to get going. And with Jeff Sims at quarterback, could they get more yards potentially than what you saw out of Miami this past week? Potentially, yeah. Because I think Clemson could be maybe not quite as focused, maybe not quite as keen in on being dominant and really showing something. But I don't think overall this Horsehead offense is better than Miami's. But I do think there's a chance they could hit a couple of big plays and maybe get a little more yardage. But I don't think they're really truly going to threaten uh, Clemson in this game from an offensive standpoint. Question number two, how much will you see Xavier Thomas in this game? The junior defensive end for Clemson, as noted earlier this week, supposed to be back on the field, did get a couple of snaps in against Miami last Saturday. Really curious to see what his workload looks like, and I don't know if we're going to know a ton about him in this game, where he is physically. I'm not really sure how much they're going to need to use him in this game, uh, but they definitely want to get him ramped up. I, to me, knowing Clemson, knowing Coach Sweeney, and knowing how they've handled players in the past who are coming back from something, I wouldn't be surprised if you just simply see him play a very small role for two, three, four weeks. You know, we're talking, you know, maybe maybe he gets five or six snaps this week. Maybe it's seven or eight or ten next week. And right now, Clemson's in this part of the schedule with you know, uh, Georgia Tech and Syracuse and Boston College, they can kind of afford to bring him along slowly in the month of October and have him ready to go when they get to Notre Dame in South Bend on November the 7th. So that's probably their game plan. So I'm not really going to expect a ton out of him, but I would like to see him on the football field at least a couple of times and make note of what he does and just how he looks and see if maybe there's a chance. You know, it's almost like a pitcher. When they're coming off a Tommy John surgery, you know, they're on a pitch count. I feel like that's kind of what XT is going to be on early on. But want to see how productive and how good he looks, or maybe not so good, based on the snaps he receives. Finally, the third question in the key question segment here of Locked On Clemson podcast. You know, this, this defensive backfield has been so good for the Tigers. Five interceptions on the season. Five of those have come in the last two games, including three against Miami. Georgia Tech quarterback Jeff Sims is very loose with the football. He has eight interceptions already on the season. Georgia Tech as a team has 12 turnovers. So I'm curious, how many interceptions has Clemson forced this week? They're getting at least one. I feel really confident about that. They didn't get one against Wake. Not going to really get one against the Citadel very often. They don't put the ball in the air all that much. But the last two weeks... They've really looked much better uh, in, in turning and forcing those turnovers through interceptions. And right now, with the way that Andrew Booth and Darian Kendrick and Sheridan Jones and Jalen Phillips and Lennon Zanders, I mean, all these guys are playing at a really high level. 
And I still think Venables is going to be very aggressive with his defensive front and bringing a lot of guys. We'll talk about one of those in the players to watch coming up soon. But I really think that it's going to leave those guys on islands. And Georgia Tech may, may try to challenge Clemson a little bit. They may not have a choice. Maybe the only way they can have, a, have an option to stay in this game is to throw the ball up and try to create something down the field. I think you're going to see them goat Sims into a couple of, of, of bad plays too. This is a freshman quarterback going against a Brent Venables defense. you got to think there's going to be some picks in this game. Coming up next, I'm going to let you know about the three players that I'm keeping an eye on when Clemson takes the field against Georgia Tech at noon tomorrow. And one of them, everybody's always watching him, but there are some key milestones and some records on the horizon for a exceptional Clemson running back. Speaking of exceptional, you need to be at your best at all times. Let's face it, that's just not an option sometimes. You're having a hard time getting over that wall. Whatever your wall is, is it just trying to power through your day to make it through that final meeting uh, where you're trying to be as focused as possible on your presentation? Is it getting through that back nine on the golf course, just needing that little extra oomph to finish up strong on your last few holes? You need to try Built Go. Whether it's a mental or a physical wall, you're going to break through it with Go every day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's like five-hour energy without the crash. Plus, it's natural. and It's going to make your body feel better. It's really like drinking a monster drink, but a third of the caffeine and way better results. Three delicious flavors, peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, chocolate mint. It works so well because it's loaded with energy, so go to BuiltGo.com today, use promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED, and that's 20% off your next order at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Now it's time to take a look at three players I'm keeping a close eye on Saturday against Georgia Tech for the Tigers, and one of them, let's put him on record watch. Travis Etienne, the Clemson running back, is zeroing in on a lot of major milestones. He's doing it every single week, but he's really knocking on the door this week. Last week, you saw him score a touchdown, receiving or rushing in the 39th game of his career. He passed Tim Tebow and Kenneth Dixon to own that record in all of FBS. And here's what he's got a chance to do this week. ETN needs 35 rushing yards to pass Florida State's Dalvin Cook for second all-time in the ACC in career rushing yards, 35. He's going to do that probably on one run. Dalvin Cook had 4,464 yards from 2014 through 2016, and Etienne about to pass him. He's at 4,430. He's also 173 yards shy from not only becoming second of all time, but becoming first in the history of the ACC in career rushing yards that record held by NC State's Ted Brown back in 75 through 78. He had 4,602 yards. I don't know if ETN is going to get 173 in this game, but I wouldn't put it past him, so you got to keep an eye on that. He's also attempting to record his 20th career 100 rushing yard game. That will tie NC State's Joe McIntosh and Boston College's A.J. Dillon for 7th most in ACC history. ETN's 1,900 Yard rushing games are already a school record for Clemson. Also, he needs two rushing touchdowns to enter the top 10 in all of FBS, in the history of FBS, in career rushing touchdowns. He is really close to uh, the top 10, which is Donnell Pumphrey in number 10, 
and Ron Dane. Yeah, remember him? Anthony Thompson, Cedric Benson. Those guys had 62, 63, 64, respectively. And ETN is sitting there at 60 right now. So he's going to move up into the top 10 all-time in rushing touchdowns in his career very, very soon, likely, in this game. He also needs three touchdowns of any kind, whether it's receiving or rushing, to become the seventh player in FBS since 1956 to record 70 career touchdowns. Unbelievable. He's also moving up the scoring chart in the ACC as he's chasing a bunch of kickers right now. Michael Bagley, who was at Miami from 2014-2017, just ahead, one point ahead right now of ETN. He's zeroed in on Joey Sly, Chandler Catanzaro from Clemson. So ETN two yards shy, or two, I'm sorry, two points shy of passing Catanzaro for all time in Clemson history in points scored. That's a kicker, and he's about to blow right by that. Uh, he's already the uh, only non-kicker in ACC history with 400 career points by himself. He also needs 26 all-purpose yards to pass Leon Johnson, North Carolina, for second on the ACC's all-time career all-purpose yardage. And with the way he's playing in the passing game, uh, that's not going to be hard for ETN to do. Also, he's entering this game with two 100-yard games in his career against Georgia Tech, and he has a chance here. Uh, he needs 327 career rushing yards against Georgia Tech. He needs 112 to break Cliff Austin's school record for career rushing yards against a single opponent. That was held uh, by Austin for 438 versus Duke from 1980 to 1982. You should never get up and get a drink or go to the bathroom when Travis Etienne gets the ball because he might just score, but he also might break a record and reach a milestone. So make sure you're keeping a close eye on him this week. Another player that I'm really going to keep an eye on and really curious to see how he plays is uh, DJ Uyangole, the young quarterback for Clemson, the true freshman. Maybe you noticed last week he came into the game, and maybe you noticed that Trevor Lawrence lined up at wide receiver, and there was a bobbled snap, and Uyangole just had to chuck it deep. You got a chance to see that arm a little bit for the first time in his young career, really chuck one out there. It was almost caught. It was a busted play, but he almost turned it into something. He had a run in this game as well against Miami and run, ran really well. I, I think the packages are going to continue to evolve for him, and I think Clemson wants to get him in the game more. Not that you want to take Trevor Lawrence off the field, but they need Uyangale to continue to develop because you just never know what's going to happen and who all you're going to need throughout the course of a season. And so I expected, I thought it was going to happen against Virginia two weeks ago, and it didn't. I was dubious it would happen against Miami, and it did. But I think this week you're going to see him play and maybe kind of be you know, giving the keys to the offense a little bit more this week. Maybe he has to do some things. But keep an eye on that package where, he, where both Uyangole and Trevor Lawrence are on the field at the same time. Really curious to see if something else comes out of that. I, I've heard some things, and that could be the case. So keep an eye on DJ when he's in the ballgame. If he's in the ballgame, I'll, I'll just say when he's in the ballgame against Georgia Tech. And finally, the last player I want to keep an eye on, James Skowski, the senior linebacker. He's a guy you can't miss very often. He's always around the ball. He's trying to make plays at the line of scrimmage. This feels like a big Skowski game this week. It feels, you know, Balin Spector has kind of been the hero the last two weeks. He's been the linebacker who's made a lot of plays. He's been the defensive player 
who's made a lot of plays. Uh, also seen a lot of the secondary coming up big, knocking passes down, interceptions, all that stuff we talked about earlier, which is great, but it just feels to me, I don't know, this is, I guess maybe it's just rekindling old memories of Georgia Tech and the smash mouth football of the Paul Johnson era. You needed a guy like Skowski to come in and just hit the running back, hit the gaps. Uh, this isn't the same Georgia Tech uh, offense. They actually, they still kind of run some of the same concepts, just out of a spread and you know, with the out of the shotgun. But still, I think Skowski has a big game in this one. It, it feels like that to me. I, I kind of like he's been kind of he's made some plays. He's come up big at times. He is uh, third on the team in tackles right now with seventeen. And he's done a good job of, of blitzing, maybe more so this year than, than at times last year. And he's been very effective at it, even though he only has half a sack on the season. He's disrupted things in the backfield. I feel like this is his kind of game. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him bring Jeff Sims down, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him make a play that forces a turnover. He did have the scoop in the score against the Citadel. It feels like another big day coming up here for James Skowski. And we're going to wrap things up here in just a moment. Going to let you know what I think is going to happen in this game. What is Clemson truly playing for? And a little, and a predicted score. What are we talking about in terms of a 27-point spread for the Tigers? Now it's time to take a look at what's at stake for Clemson, what's going to happen in this game, and I'm also going to give you a predicted score to wrap things up. This is a game that's on the road down there in Atlanta that generally is packed with Clemson fans, and it's a short drive, and there's many, many Tiger fans who live in the Atlanta area, and so it's an easy game for them to get to. I think Bobby Dodd's letting in about 11,000 fans in the 55,000 capacity stadium, so I think there'll still be some representation from Clemson in this game. Just not sure uh, it's going to look anything like what you're used to seeing. Of course, right now in 2020, no stadiums look like anything that we're used to seeing. I don't think that affects Clemson too much. I really think this team uh, is going to get an opportunity this week to get out front, build a big lead, and play a lot of players. And I think that's going to be key. It's it's a good opportunity to get guys play time on the road. I mean, that's one thing they tried to do at Wake Forest, and it went really well. And, of course, Clemson ended up not covering in that game late. But I don't think anybody really cared that much about that unless you had uh, Clemson and the points. But what's really at stake for the Tigers in this one, they're going to win this ballgame. And I just don't think there's any other way to say it because I just don't think Georgia Tech's very good. That Yellow Jackets offense is about to take a massive step up in competition. They really have not played any defenses of note. I mean, UCF's a good team, don't get me wrong. And really, they've played Louisville, they've played Florida State, and they've played Syracuse. Those are some of the worst defenses in the entire ACC, maybe in the entire country right now. So I'm, I'm really not expecting Clemson to allow many points in this game. I think the Tigers will be able to be stingy on the scoreboard. And from an offensive standpoint, I would expect Clemson to get out to an early and fast lead. And this really could be an ETN game. I mean, I know I was kind of saying earlier that I don't think he's going to get 173 yards in this game. But when you look at what Georgia Tech has done against the run this year, they gave up 243 yards to UCF. Louisville had 242 rushing yards on the ground against them. Those are two very good running teams. And even Syracuse, who can't run on anybody, had 163 yards on Georgia Tech earlier this season. So I think there's going to be yards to be had, a lot of yards to be had in this one 
for Travis Etienne in that running game. You know, maybe this is a chance for Lynn J. Dixon to sort of get on track and look like the real backup running back. I, I tell you who's pushing him right now is Ches Malusi. That's a young player who's coming on strong right now, and Lynn Jay's going to need to show up in this one. Finally, in terms of a prediction and an outcome in this one, I have not said this all year. It would be the first time I've uttered these words. I think Clemson covers the spread, and I think they cover it fairly comfortably. I'm going 48-13 to as a final, and I wouldn't be surprised to see the Tigers get to 50. They've averaged 51 points against Georgia Tech the previous two seasons. I wouldn't be shocked to see them get back to that. But I just feel like this is a game where they're going to want to play so many young guys, and it may be a little sloppy and a little bit disjointed in the fourth quarter because they haven't played a whole lot. You didn't see them rotate a bunch of guys in as much the last two games. So um, there could be some rust to shake off for those you know, second, third, fourth teamers, if you will. Many of them have not played since the Citadel game back in week two. So uh, the score is going to be somewhere in that range. I just don't see Georgia Tech getting enough points to cover this spread. I, I really think Clemson is going to clamp down, force some turnovers. Wouldn't be shocked to see a defensive touchdown in this game from the Tigers uh, if, if they pick one off and take it back to the house. Maybe a special teams touchdown or just a big special teams play that sets Clemson up for a touchdown. I'm expecting that as well. So heavy dose of Travis Etienne. A lot of Lynn J. Dixon and Ches Malusi. Trevor Lawrence will get his. I don't think he throws for a ton of yards in this game because I don't think they're going to have to throw that much. Clemson can hit the big play, but they were pretty methodical against Miami last week. You may see some of that based on what Georgia Tech does. You know, they were kind of methodical against Wake Forest. I think defenses are really trying to, to sort of stay back and just kind of make Trevor Lawrence pick them apart, and he's able to do that. They just don't want to give up huge chunk yards to the Tigers. ETN has been doing so much of that underneath in the passing game. But still, I would expect Clemson to hit a couple big plays in this game. And Trevor Lawrence somewhere in the maybe 240 range, 250 range passing before he has an exit and allows other players to get in the game. And he should still have two, maybe three touchdowns, depending on what they decide to do in the red zone. That's going to wrap up this preview episode. Clemson and Georgia Tech, noon from Atlanta. Going to be back on Monday to break this down in detail. We'll go inside the box score, take a look at what we learned coming out of this game. It's going to be fun. And looking forward to next week and turning the attention to Syracuse, who Clemson hosts in Death Valley at noon next Saturday. Make sure you hit the download button, subscribe button. Follow me on Twitter at Brad Sinkoff. That's with the W. Would love to get feedback from you on what you think about the Locked On Clemson podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Get caught up in everything going on this weekend in college football with the Locked On College Football Podcast, hosted by Candace Cooper. And again, join me again on Monday. Have a great weekend. Take care, Tiger Nation.